The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back with all of you, and I'm glad that you're here. Today, I have the the privilege to be sitting with my guest, Sean Van Gerona. And Sean is a single dad, self-employed, very independent person, an athlete, an accomplished distance runner. And he has successfully completed half marathon distance. And then two years from that point, an Ironman in Florida. And at three years, he's won a gold medal in the ITU long, long distance world championships and was recruited to race for Team USA and he experienced a life-changing event in November of 2008. And with that, I have the pleasure to welcome my guest, Sean Van Genera. Sean, welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you here. So, um, gave a little brief bio about who you were before. And with that, that being said, so... The listeners don't know, you know, I've gotten to know you, and it's, and it's an honor and a privilege, truly. Would you like to share with everyone the day in November 2008 that changed your life and maybe a, a little bit more of a background? Sure. Sure. Thank and, you. And thank you for being so kind. Um, can I say, uh, I woke up, um, I was a very uh, independent individual. I was self-employed. Um, travel all over, um, meeting with a lot of different types of customers, and and uh, and one day I woke up and it was all gone. Um, I uh, had been in a rollover. My uh, vehicle went down a ravine, and um, so I had a uh, moderate to severe traumatic brain injury. A uh, fractured my sixth vertebrae, making me a uh, C6 incomplete ambulating quad, um, and then I had some strokes and, and some other things. Um, but uh, so it changed my world, and um, and it's been an amazing journey and uh, very challenging, but, uh, but it has uh, created amazing opportunities for me and, and really kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm thankful. So you're you're a very disciplined person. I mean, you're very independent, self-employed, very accomplished athlete. You know, distance runner. So, I mean, that's incredible. You you um, in your bio, you know, that alone, a half 
Iron Marathon, Iron Man, excuse me, and then you know shortly after two years, you complete the full Iron Iron Man in Florida and then go on. And I can't imagine what that's like to be at that level. And then were you going to work or just you know going about your day when this accident happened and then just rocked your world completely out from under you? I, I want to make sure that uh, I I'm not misunderstanding. I want to make sure that everyone does understand the way it was. I was very independent, and I had I had done a lot of road races, uh, you know, played college sports, mm-hmm. and um, was still very active and had started doing triathlons when I had the accident um, in November of 2008. And, yeah, so uh, I was told, you know, that I... I wasn't going to be able to do a lot of things that I used to do or that I wanted to do. Um, and I don't know if it's, you know, was my own will or the will of, of others, or if it was, um, just me being stubborn because I had a really bad brain injury, but, um, I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to them. I didn't listen to them telling me that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to walk again or, that I wouldn't run again, and you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I so I so I took that challenge on, and you know, and, and kind of made it a a mission to prove to them that that I could do something different. And so a year after my accident, I I did a half Ironman, um, and at the two year mark, I I did an Ironman, mm-hmm. and um, in fact did that race with the physical therapist who helped teach me how to walk. And, um, and then I did uh, the long distance world championships and then got recruited by team USA and have been on the road to Rio ever since. And it's, it's been really amazing, heartbreaking sometimes, but it's been just an incredible journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, when your doctors told you about the accident and the extent of your injuries, because I know you, you lost consciousness um, during part of your hospitalization, I think. Um, you know, when they told you about your, the extent of your accident and injuries, uh, what, what went through your mind when you were fully present and in the hospital bed? Um, I think they, you know, they shared with, I'm sure they shared with me. I, I can't really account for anything in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lost a lot of my memory prior to the accident. I lost um, and continue to lose memories, you know, daily. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just remember being told that, you know, or hearing that I was going to be, you know, possibly require 24, you know, a full-time care facility for the rest of my life if I was to make it out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And... I kept saying, no way, you know, um, I'm going to do an Ironman and I'm going to try to go to Kona. And, and, um, and I just kind of, I don't know, went from there and, uh, you know, just, I was blessed. You know, I was mm-hmm. really blessed. Sounds like you had an iron will that kept, <laughs> really, that kept you going. You know, yeah. you've, shared, you've shared your YouTube video with me, which is eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And in in part of it, you openly share and and talk about the halo that you wore as part of your treatment. And as a single dad, the word that comes up for me when I saw that was that you were completely vulnerable and, and yet open 
and you were concerned how you were going to describe this to your two children. So I wonder if we could talk about that and share that with the listeners. The video was was impactful for me. Um, I I hope that, uh, you know, what is out there, I I hope that it does make an impact on people um, because it shares with the advocacy that, that, we are faced with every day, you know, and, and what you're trying to accomplish on the show even. Um, it's, you know, it was, for me, the, the biggest driving force of anything was, uh, you know, for my kids and to protect them and to let them think everything was okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And even for me, for the first couple of years, I thought, you know, proving to them that, you know, that I could run again that would make everything okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it was much more than that. And, you know, once I started to understand more about my brain injury and how that affects me and impacts my life, and not only mine, but a lot of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, that, that, that brought up some concerns that, you know, I had to realize um, some of these things I can continue to work at and some things I might be able to compensate for in some ways or mm-hmm. make some kind of adaption for. Um, mm-hmm. But the challenges will continue to exist. Right. And with the halo, you know, it's so present because it was bolted to your head. I mean, literally. How Did your yeah. therapist, did they help you I, with I, that? I do have a, a memory of... Um, because I was in a medical coma, and then they they had brought me out in order to put the halo on. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I just remember, you know, the doctor just holding that drill, zip, 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 you know, and Oof. next thing you know, that zip, zip, zip is going into my skull. Oh. So, um... It was uh, it was pretty intense, and you know, I mean, like I had you know friends and family, you know, that would they had to clean the wounds every single day, you know, like a couple times a day, mm-hmm. um, with a Q-tip around the screws going into my head, you know, and it was it's pretty 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 intense stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's Definitely. difficult, and that's one of the reasons why, like. Um, you know, even locally in my community, I try to talk to people that go through trauma like that, mm-hmm. you know, to let right. them know, you know, there's no guarantees, but it's, you know, it also right. depends on what you're willing to best invest in it, you know. You know, but then to see yourself, because, you know, you go, you go to the rehab gym and you have a mirror in your room and you, you, you can still see. That's, that's very powerful, you know, to see yourself like that when you have all of this, what I call disorganization, disorientation. It's it's a major disruption. And you're just trying to figure out how to navigate through, you know, the basic things in life. You're, you're trying to figure out how to get out of bed. You, you need help. You need, you know, point A to point B, right? And then you look in the mirror and you have, you know, this on. I mean, you, so yeah, that, that's very, that was very impactful. And for two small children, I mean, yeah, because, you know, you're, you're, you're their dad, excuse me, you know, you're their protector, their provider. And like I said, that what came up for me was 
you were very vulnerable then. And so, uh, you know, for your children to see you like that, that must have been very eye-opening. And, and, you know, now they see how far you've come. So you're a real champion. And with that, you know, you did rehab. You did, you were also in neuro rehab. You want to talk about a little bit about what that was like day in and day out and the struggle? Um, as far as uh, trying to rehabilitate for my brain injury? Yeah, because you also had, you suffered strokes as well, did you not? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had, you know, initially I had some rehab in the hospital, and then um, when I, uh, my insurance started to run out, you know, then I became an outpatient um, client, and then when uh, the insurance money ran out there, all of a sudden, you know, I met all my goals. Um well, my goals were not just, you know, to be able to partially function on my own. Mm-hmm. My goals were to be as independent as I could be mm-hmm. and then to continue to set new goals or challenges for me to champion. Well, what was that like for you? Because I know as a nurse, I understand that, you know, the therapist... The other side of it, if you will. And, you know, I'm also a runner, as, as are you. So what was that like when you were continuing to raise the bar, if you will? You know, you had, other, you had higher goals. Like you said, you weren't content with, you know, I just want to be able to do something okay. You know, you, you just continue to push. What were your therapists sort of saying to you when, when you would say that? You sort of challenged them. Yeah, you know... Um I mean, I know one of my therapists, uh, we're, we're actually good friends now, and, and she serves on my board of directors for my nonprofit, and and, um, and she's the one that we did Ironman Florida together. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when she first met me, I was there in the halo, and she's reading my chart about how severe my brain injury was and the strokes, and, um, you know, and I... When we were chatting, I told her that I wanted to, to do an Ironman and go to Kona. Mm. And uh, she found that interesting. <laughs> that's that's the word uh, she used, interesting. So she kind of just smiled and nodded and said, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, she just figured it was the brain injury talking. And, you know, and for all I know, it may have been um, mm. the brain injury that helped me push through a lot of the things that I had to go through in order to get to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of forged you into a new realm of yourself, didn't it? Yeah, it was, you know, um, you know I, I think any time someone goes through something that's uh, very traumatic, they're always trying to, um, you know, to figure out what they could have done different. Mm-hmm. You know, um why, you know, you go through the why me, you know, and and what what could I have done different and then what could someone else have done different, um, you know, and you go through all these questions of figuring, trying to figure out how do I get my life back to what it was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes we're not supposed to get that, you know, sometimes it's exactly. just supposed to be that, uh, 
you know, hey, um, it's time to change courses. So instead of trying to look back, you know, you just need to look forward. And sometimes it just is what it is. And on that, we're going to take a quick break, Sean, and we'll be right sure. back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. And I'm here with Sean Van Genera. And we were talking before the break, and Sean brought up an interesting tidbit, I'll say, uh, when he, you know, has an athlete and a runner. He said he told his therapist one of his goals was he wanted to run Kona, and he said he wasn't sure if that was a brain injury talking. So that's a pretty important point because the brain injury oftentimes does take control, and it's hard for survivors, families, and friends to understand uh, as you begin to navigate with your injury, you start to learn that. And I wondered, Sean, if we could talk about that. You, when you said, you know, your goal was to run Kona and you weren't sure if that was you or if that was a brain injury talking, if we could share what that's like for the listeners and give them that insight. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Um, sure. Part of it was a, a matter of um, you know, taking on doing triathlon to begin with, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, wait, you have to swim and bike and run? Are you crazy? Um, and then once you get immersed in those 
communities where everyone does that, um, it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal. But most athletes um, will tell you that any kind of Ironman race is uh, is challenging. I mean, it's not just something you can go out and do. You have to train for it, and you have to be very disciplined in order to, to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me to come out and say, hey, I, I want to do this, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, as I'm standing in front of them with a halo on and, you know, I'm using a walker because I can't walk, um, Mm-hmm. You know, you can certainly see where other people would think, wow, you really did get hit hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And while you're walking with the walker, you're saying, I'm going to run in Kona. I'm going to run Kona. And probably at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was really the goal. That was yeah. absolutely my driving goal. And I didn't make it yet, but I, I do plan on making it one of these days. It's just nice. a change of plans put me in a different direction. Well, obviously I have some work to do here because we're joined together. You, in your injury, you severed C6, and I know you you enlightened me with um, the phrase, you know, a walking quad. Um, and mm. you went into that briefly in the beginning. So that in itself is amazing. Um, so I wonder if we share that as well, because like I said, with severing C6 is, is severe. And for you to yeah. be standing let alone running is amazing. So I'll leave. I'll right. And with your background, you understand that probably even better than I do. Um, you know, I've just lived it and tried to understand it and try to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that I had a spinal cord injury, but also I had a, uh, a brain injury and then strokes. And so I have a lot of neurological challenges. And then there's the, the muscular challenges on top of that from atrophy and things that just don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, whether it's running a, a marathon, uh, you know, doing an Ironman race, or if it's doing, you know, sprinting a hundred meters, um, it, it requires a lot more of the human body than, than you realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but because most people grow up and they don't have to learn how to walk or run or eat or speak again, um, you know, that we just take those things for granted. We don't even give it a thought, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I remember I used to be able to just run, and that's it, just run. And now I, I don't, you know, whether I'm doing a 400-meter around the track or if I was running a marathon race, um, I have to think about every single step. Mm-hmm. In detail. I mean, it has to be broken down, right? I have to think of, yeah. And it's, you know, and so it's a lot of practice and sometimes it's just, you know, being in front of a mirror for 20 minutes and just working at it because neurologically it's exhausting and it just wears you out. It is um, exhausting. But, is. yeah, so, you know, the long story short, I guess, is that, you know, here I was, I, I fractured my sixth vertebrae in my neck. Um, that C6 incomplete means that the spinal cord itself was actually damaged as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So as I was starting to do different races and stuff, I would and I would do them with different groups. I I did them with Achilles International. They help people with disabilities do races with Challenged Athletes Foundation and uh, and uh, Dare to Try and some other organizations. Um, they just kind of help push me and lift me. Um, I, I ran the Boston Marathon with Achilles International, and, and that was a childhood dream. Um, what but year? I did that race after my accident and not before. Uh, what year, Sean? Because I've run Boston several times before my accident. Oh, it's near I, did in, I think it was 2011. Nice. Because in, in 20... At the end of 2011 is when I got recruited to start doing Paralympic sports stuff. And so it was shorter distance and faster, so they didn't want us doing the longer distance stuff anymore. So it, it really, truly, with your injury, severing C6 is amazing. Like I said, that you're, you know, you're walking as well as you are because you briefly shared you were walking with a, you know, a walker and, mm-hmm. and let alone, you know, now running. So... Yeah, what um, what was that like the first time you were to put your running shoes on? Because you talked about the muscle atrophy. You know, you've been in bed for a while. Mm-hmm. You've had some surgeries. You've got a halo on. You're you're walking minimally. You know, with steps with people around you and a and a and a walker, right? And now you put your running shoes on. What was that like for you the first time? I went through this graduation process, you know, which included a wheelchair, uh, you know, a walker the halo and then my cane. Um, but so I was, you know, I kind of graduated myself as I went along as these were my short term goals, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but then, um, when I went to running, I I still just couldn't get things to work. Um, I have something called ataxia, which is Mm -hmm. neuro and it's the ability to control groups of muscles. So, you know, imagine your your right leg's getting one message of what to do, your left leg's getting something different, and then your left arm is getting something different than your right arm. So it's it really throws your balance off and and just creates uh, some different challenges, which uh, I'm still working on. And then um, you add in, oh sorry, and then you add in, you know, your traumatic brain injury, right? So I'm imagining on top of that, you got some cognitive fatigue as well. From all of this? Yeah, you know, a lot of these sports, whether, you know, people might think, you know, um, well, in triathlon, we had to swim, bike, and run, and there's a lot of different disciplines and, and things you have to do for each one of those sports individually in order to be successful. Um, and a lot of people can get, you know, instruction for three or four moves and uh, all at one time, and, and they work on that during a drill. Uh, I'm not able to do that. I can take one, maybe two, but that's pushing it. Um, so it just kind of challenges things. And and when you get into something like when I'm doing track work and oh, the amount of power you have to have and, and efficiency and uh, trying to stay fluid and uh, there's so much that I'm just not quite able to do. Um, but I'm working on it and, and trying to at least uh, diminish uh, reduce reduce the level of uh, challenge that I have with mm-hmm. them. Because mm-hmm. you you wear splints, is that correct? I mean, my, is it on your legs or in your shoes or both when you run? No, 
not or, anymore. Or you, okay, you um, did. I, uh, but one of the things that I, I did do when I was trying to learn to run because the left side of my body had atrophied so much um, and I couldn't really get it to move very much. You know, I still had that a little bit of drop mouth, you know, where the drool would come out when I didn't want it to. And, but um, I used uh, a walking stick, kind of like a cane, and then uh, what I ended up doing is I got a second one because it forced me to use arms and legs mm-hmm. to try and work on the coordination. Um, and I kind of went from there, you know, and, uh, yeah, so just, yep. uh, it's been, it's been amazing. It's quite a journey because like I said before, you know, you put on your running shoes, you figure you're going to go for a run and you, you do either before work, after work, whatever you go for a run. And now it's, it's this very drawn out, almost like we're going on a hike. You, you know, you mm-hmm. have to map out, map really map out the route and figure out every single detail. And and I've not even been able to, for myself, I applaud you because running for me is is gone. My balance is is not there. I've lost that, and um, sometimes my feet will catch and I fall and I fall to the left. Mm-hmm. It's very eye-opening and very disconcerting, and I almost hope that people don't see. I sort of make a little joke about it. I go, oh. But my heart, my soul, I want to put my running shoes on like you. So you inspire me to want to try. Thank you. You're welcome. And the fear that comes up is that even to go to a 5K, I'll be run over. I'll be trampled. And what if my foot catches and I fall on my face? So you inspire me. And then there's always the fear, as you can, you know from being a runner, what if I'm last? And I think that, that happened for you, right? Were you last in one of your races? And, or, or did you not um, care when you were last? I, I didn't care. That was the, the very first race that I did, which was actually uh, less than, uh, it was at like nine months. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't care, and I had to walk for most, you know, it was like a, a 5K or three-mile run. and um, No, I just had to, I would walk for like 200 meters, and then I would walk, I would try to run for about 25 meters, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to stop and walk again, you know, and, and um, part of that was heart rate was so elevated, and part of that was just because I couldn't keep things moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and neurologically, that's taxing on you. So that's where that that brain injury really kicks in. If it's, you know, if I'm doing something that's neurologically taxing, it's going to take a lot more out of me than it will, um, you know, another athlete. Right. So you have a whole other set of, if you will, I don't like the word symptoms, but it's true. You have a whole other subset that will manifest, you know, that other people don't even have to. I mean, you know, doing anything physical, competing in a race is exhausting. And it's a challenge, it's a mental challenge as it is to just navigate the course, you know, to keep mm-hmm. your body upright, keep your posture, stay hydrated, make sure you know where you are, where the water stop is. So you, so you don't get your heels stepped on, yada, yada, yada. You know, you have enough, you know, gel to keep, et cetera. You can, we can go on and on. But yeah, then you add in this and it's sort of, um, I call, for me, I call it a gremlin, sort of rears its head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never know when it shows up. So is it like that for you too? 
when you were running, you know, your first race that you said when you showed up, when you, you know, crossed the line last, which is an accomplishment, did, were you aware when your cognitive decline would manifest or does it just show up randomly? You know, back then I, I, I didn't know. Um, since then, um, I've developed some compensatory strategies to help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I'm not always able to, to know or plan for it. Sometimes, it, you know, it, it just hits. Mm-hmm. And when it hits, um, it hits really hard. So, uh, you know, that's when you just have to say, okay, mm. time's up. Yeah, when that happens for you, if I may ask, when you're around people, what do you, what do you say to them? What do you do? You share anything, or do you just, you know, for me, I have to go to a quiet spot and sit. Yeah, no. When when I know it's um, like you, when I know it's time for me to check out, you know, I just excuse myself and, and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a long time to learn to do that and how to do that, and that it was okay to do that. Mm. Um, but that's that's what I had to do. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you just to get to that point is big. You know, sometimes the pot comes the lid comes off the pot, it the boil you know, the boil, the water boiling. That's what it's like for me. Boom. Happens before I can even realize I need to take a break. Accepting that you have to take those breaks is, you know, pretty big challenge in itself too. Yeah. It's eye opening, isn't it? Hmm. Certainly is. But I have no doubt that we could get you with running shoes on again. Um, you know, I've, I've done races. Even when I ran the Boston Marathon, I had two guides with me. Um, and they basically ran on each side of me to make sure that people wouldn't bump into me. Nice. Yeah, because I've, I've seen other runners on the field. They run for different charities and organizations. Boston's really great like that. And the, mm-hmm. there's a group, I think, that aren't sighted as well. Yeah, and they have guides. So, yeah, that that would be fantastic. I, my heart, Boston is near and dear to my heart. I would like to be able to run, even if it's a 5K, again. So, like I said, I, mm-hmm. you, you and I share a special connection. It's not just the injury. It's the heart of a runner, I suppose, and the soul of a runner, right? And it um, looks like we're going to get ready for a break when... When we come back, we'll talk about your training in more detail. Okay. Thank you. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone even when you're surrounded by others? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? 
Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. We're back, and I'm joined with Sean Van Genera, and we're talking about his training, and it's not, you know, for lack of, right, not for nothing, right, Sean? He's got a very lofty goal near and dear to his heart. He's uh, training for Rio 2016 Paralympics, so um, I wonder if we could pick that back up, Sean, and talk about your training and all roads leading to Rio. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for for three and a half years, I've been competing primarily in triathlon, um, uh, try, trying to go to the Rio Paralympics as a triathlete. Um, and I've also competed in track, and I competed in cycling, um, and had been recruited for a couple other opportunities, but my heart was in triathlon. Um, but, uh, the Rio games in 2016, they're only going to have, uh, three out of the five current classes of disabilities, um, represented. So basically they're, they're going to have about really about half of, half of the different disabilities, uh, types of disabilities that compete internationally represented in the Paralympics in Rio. So with that in mind, um, I switched my focus uh, uh, towards track. And unfortunately, in the national championship this year, I tore hamstrings. So I, I've Oof. been rehabbing for the last two months. Um, mm-hmm. But my training is just now starting to get back on track again for next season. Um, it's just completely different. The type of training that I was doing before and the training I'm doing now is, is just so different. So, mm-hmm. how, um, Can I ask how so? The, yeah, um, you know, I had, I had done Ironman distance and, and longer. And, and so when I, I came out of that and marathon and I started doing like sprint tries um, and cycling time trials for... Um, I was, you know, I was told, well, 
you know, now we got to work on your fast twitch muscles. So I, I thought I had those, you know, I mean, I had a mm-hmm. pretty decent 5k time, you know, and, and, uh, just had no idea really how slowly I was running until I started doing track and mm-hmm. realizing, wow, you know, uh, breaking things down and realizing how important the efficiency of is, you know, and, okay, well, I need to make this arm work and go faster, but, you know, I can't, I'm not able to control it. So trying to figure that part out is is frustrating, but it's, it's also really, it's kind of fun, um, mm-hmm. you know, to try and figure out, all right, how can I make my body work the way that it is naturally supposed to work? Um, or what kind of adaption can I do with my movement or what equipment can I use um, mm-hmm. to help me to be more efficient and to be uh, a more uh, efficient runner. Wow. Sounds like, you know, if you become your own engineer of your, of our, of your body, you know, the human body is resilient. It does take care of itself, doesn't it? But because you're so finely in tune as an athlete, you, you've developed the system. So, you know, and you look good. I mean, you know, without when you're not running, you look well. So you encounter a lot, what a lot of us encounter because the injury is invisible now. And when you go to, you know, run a race, then you then you use what you you've discovered to to make it work so you can do what you love, which I, I commend you on, because otherwise people don't don't know. They don't see. What was that like for you? Is that like a. Is there a disconnect? You know, because people see you and then you put on your track shoes and they see, you know, you do all of this. What is that like? There's, um, well, as far as when, when they don't know something and they do know something. Right, um, right. That, is, that can be interesting because I've gone to meets where I, I line up and it's an open meet and it's just a bunch of elite athletes, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and, and you really don't know until, you know, they're crossing the finish line 40 meters ahead of me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if you were to see video of me running, it would be real easy to see issues with my gait and the way that, you know, my arms are moving. I mean, it's just, it's, if you know what to look for or if you're looking at all, you'll see things. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, you know, people just assume that, well, if you can run even, you know, a mile, then you can do anything and you must be okay. Mm-hmm. And to run a mile is probably very exhausting. They said, you know, you've got all the other, the cognitive fatigue as well. You know, that's depleting as we talked about. And, um, you know, with your goal of Rio 2016, how is that shaping up? I know, you were looking for a coach. Have you found a coach? Do you have a coach? Um, I am uh, just starting to work a little bit with someone, and you know, we'll probably evaluate. You know, after a month, if it's going to be the right mix or not, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of go from there. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of you know, track season is just about to wind down, so it's a lot of the track teams are starting to go into off season training. Mm-hmm. You know, and that works out well for me because I'm just coming out of rehabilitation. You know, I'm still not completely released 
from rehab, right. but um, but to come out of that now, it's like okay, base and and off season training. That's perfect for me um, mm-hmm. to work on a lot of the weaknesses that you know maybe I I had trained myself properly or I had the muscles that I needed to run a twenty one minute five k. You know, but does that mean that I can run, you know, uh, 220, meters around the track? Mm-hmm. They're just different muscles and the way that you run even is different. So that, uh, that's a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. um, really, uh, my training has just it's changed and the structure and the way, and it's been confusing for me, but, um, but it's been eye-opening, and it's and it's been great because I know that uh, at the end of this, I'm going to be a much better athlete, and hopefully my quality of life will be better also because I'm developing muscles that haven't worked for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, you've inspired me. I mean, I, I want to run. It's something I loved, and I miss it. And you've inspired me to run. I'm grateful for the connection with you. And... You know, like like they say on the show, one of my favorite phrases is the gift is a shift. I, I find there's been a gift in all of this for me. Mm-hmm. And I think you found your gift as you've shifted, if you will. And in the training, you actually have developed a nonprofit. And I'd like to talk about that. And you can share with the listeners, you know, what it is, what it's called and who it serves and how, well, you know, when did what year did it? What year did you establish it? That'd be great. Okay, that sounds great. Um, Thank you. So, uh, the name of the nonprofit I started is called Lie Down or Stand Up. That's L I E D O W N O R S T A N D U P dot org. Um, and we have a Facebook page. Um, but if you go, uh, if anyone wants to check out the website, um, can learn a little bit more about us and what we do, but basically through that, we do a lot of uh, advocacy educational programs and, and adaptive sports programs, and, and every year um, we do something called March for TBI, and I actually started that in 2012, and then in uh, uh, 2014... I'm sorry, 2013, we did one. Uh, downtown, we actually did a walk, roll and run. And uh, so we're getting ready to to run through that again. Um, we're preparing, or getting ready for our third year of our actual walk, roll and run. Um, so it should be cool. And it's, it's March 4th, um, and it's March is Brain Injury Awareness Month. It ties in really well because our colors are green. Uh, like Kelly Green. And uh, so on March 4th, uh, we do our walk, roll, and run. And for people that are not able to be here with us, um, we just ask them to, you know, wear something green and go for their walk, roll, and run in their community and take a picture and, and send it to us. Nice. What was your inspiration to um, create the nonprofit? When did you, when did you get that glimmer? in all of your training and everything, when did you come up with that or did someone help you? Because it's beautiful. You know, as, as, as I was coming, um, 
as I was uh, establishing myself as, as an athlete, um, uh, there were some different organizations that helped me along the way. And then um, even from, you know, the, some of the help that I received from the community in that first year to help me get by, um, those people inspired me, you know, the volunteers and then some of the individuals that I met um, through athletics um, with just one incredible story after another, uh, you know, of overcoming challenges and the, the human spirit and how blessed everyone is, you know. Um, those inspired me and motivated me. And then because I knew the lack of resources available in my community, that drove me, um, you know, like gasoline on a fire to, mm -hmm. uh, to try and make some changes. And, and uh, hopefully we're doing that. So you took your background and your love and through your circumstances, you created a system that reaches out to help others. That's, that's amazing. I mean, considering everything that, you know, you went through November 2008, right? And to be standing and running it, let alone is amazing. And then to, to have the, I call it belly fire, to, to reach out and do more is amazing. That's incredible. I, I'm I'm proud to know you. Like I said, I I want to uh, partner up and really raise awareness for traumatic brain injury. The numbers are staggering. I know when you gave me the shirt for your you. nonprofit. Yeah, you gave me a shirt from your nonprofit, and on the back of it, you have some st statistics, and they're just incredible. The numbers are staggering, of you know the amount of people that have this injury every year and the amount of dollars yeah. it costs, let alone, right, veterans who have that. But, it, yeah, it really does not discriminate. So you are such, such an inspiration to have. And, you know, with this, where you're at now, um, how do friends and family and your children view you since you've come such a long way? Or do they see any, you know, any difference? Boy, you know, I... I, I I probably am not the right person to answer that question. Um, you know, I, I would have to, uh, you know, um, I have to allow them to answer their own questions. I don't want to put mm -hmm. anything in their mouth, you know. But okay. what, I, what I would like or, or hope that they take from it is that, um, you know, that we can do anything that we want to. Mm -hmm. You know, we just have to believe in ourselves. Um, but I can also say that that there's more is required than that. You know, you it's not you can't just always do things by yourself. You still need that support around you, um, friends, family. You know, your church, your you know, a coworker. I mean, if if you don't have uh, that amazing support around you, like I did. Mm -hmm. And like I do today, um, it makes it even more difficult to to accomplish your goals. What would you share with someone maybe who doesn't have, you know, that support network? Where would, where would you, you know, guide them, do you think? Besides a monthly support group, because they're all out there. They're, 
widely available? Well, I think it depends on the individual. You know, um, mm-hmm. when I consult with with uh, other survivors, um, you know, it, it starts with a very personal conversation before you start hopping into resources. You know, mm-hmm. it's real easy to say, well, here's a flyer, or push someone point for them to go this way or that way. Um, you know, if if I have a resource, it's just so much easier for me to say, hey, let me give them a quick call real quick so uh, they'll expect your call. So, you know, I mean, if, what does that take out of my time? 60 mm-hmm. seconds? You know, to to really connect two people, one, someone who is in need of something, and two, someone who has something for someone in need. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully what they take from it is that, um, you know, that we can do, we can accomplish amazing things if we have the right tools and the support. And... Right. You know, that if we just believe in ourselves mm-hmm. and believe that we can accomplish great things, then we will. Right. And, you know, that, that can be a bit of a challenge. As you said, the brain injury sometimes wants to take over and run itself, and that can be a lot of fun. Not really. It's not, it's not really pleasant. Yeah, you understand. I call it TBI hell. You do understand. I know you do. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like yeah. All- and you know, this this year for our for our event, we're we're going to have a stage, and we're going to show uh, short films and documentaries um, about brain injury. Uh, you know, we're going to have vendors, uh, all sorts of different things. Really going to be interactive and educational. So, nice. so hopefully, you and everyone else will join us. You know, even if it's virtually. I would love to. That would be wonderful. I accept the invitation. And I know you're, you know, one of your goals is, which is, like I said, lofty goal is to run Rio 2016. What what else do you see for yourself in the future, Sean? Short-term goals. Oh, well, the short-term, you know, have as much time with family and friends as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, try to be as positive as I can every single day. You know, and continue to view things with a perspective that's different and more mm-hmm. uplifting, I think, than, than a lot of people have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, athletically, yes, go to Rio, be a Paralympian, you know, um, mm-hmm. hopefully medal. And, uh, you know, and outside of that, it's just to appreciate what I have and what I don't understand every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're coming to a close, so I always like to ask, if is there one takeaway from our conversation today that you would like or hope that the listeners would gain? What would that be? You can't move forward if you're always looking back. That's beautiful. Really. That's heartfelt. I felt that. I can't because I fall. <laughs> no, seriously, but, but that's... I'm a, a part of that club, too, so... <laughs> but that's a beautiful... You can't move forward if you're always looking back. Wow, thank you. It's been a gift, thank you.
You are very welcome. It's been my pleasure to have you. And I'll see everyone back next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift.